Coming up on today's episode of the Matt Dining Podcast, we got an action-packed show today. We start things off with the NBA trade deadline, which finished up yesterday at around 3 o'clock. We discuss all the moves that were made, and then we take a deep dive into the Celtics and the moves that they made before moving on to my picks for the March Madness Tournament. Uh, I turn it into a little bit of a competition here, so you can either root for me or you can root against me. Either way, someone's winning a competition, someone's getting some free gear. Then we end the show with a little bit of Patriot stock. But before we get into all that, I got to give a shout out to our friends over at The Perfect Gene. The Perfect Gene for the perfectly imperfect man. Just 60 bucks when you use your code GVM at checkout. GVM, fellas. This gene stretches so you're not getting crushed, thereby providing the only true home for your bone. Don't let your 2% spandex get your testes in a twist. Liberate your lower limbs with the one and the only Perfect Gene. Whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a little three-leaf clover, or a big old eggplant, the Perfect Gene has you covered. Take a peek at www.perfectgene.nyc. That's www.theperfectgene.nyc. Code GVM for 15% off your checkout. All right, let's do it. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Matt Downey Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. Hopefully, you listen to this on Friday morning. You got a few hours left in the workday, and then you can go tear up the weekend. March Madness. We got another, hopefully, crazy weekend coming up. Should be a good time. Um, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff to bet on. A lot, a lot of more money to be made this weekend. I know a lot of people lost a ton of money um, last weekend, so hopefully you bets go you you bets go well this weekend. Hopefully your bracket doesn't get busted. Um, my bracket actually got busted on Monday. Yeah, my bracket's completely completely screwed. So if you're in the tournament, um, you don't have to worry about me. I'm like officially out. I think I'm like tied for uh, second to last place. If you're in the Grapevine Media College Basketball March Madness tournament. Uh, you do not have to worry about me unless you are in last place. Uh, that's pretty embarrassing because my bracket is awful. I mean, it's terrible. I, like I said, I'm in second to last place, and Iowa already lost. So, like, I got no no hope. Uh, I'm pretty much dead in the water. Whoever wins it is pretty much just taking my money and uh, some free merch. So, Congratulations to you because you already beat me, so you got to beat like three other podcasts. Um, I can't believe Iowa lost. Honestly, I'm a little pissed about that. Still, uh, I hadn't even thought about it actually until they from like the the second they lost, and I put the big X's on my bracket with the red sharpie. Uh, like I haven't thought about it since that moment, but now that like I'm re- like reminding myself that like I'm out of this tournament, that's actually kind of depressing. Um, all right, shake it off. Got to Got to keep going here. Um, it is the NBA trade or it was actually, uh, NBA trade deadline yesterday at three o'clock. So Thursday at three o'clock, uh, a lot of stuff went down beforehand, uh, in the Boston Celtics actually made a move, which was crazy. So we're going to get into that later, but we're going to spend the first 10, 15 minutes here discussing all the other moves that happened in the NBA because um, I do want to spend some time on the Celtics. I want to dedicate a little bit more time to that uh, and and how I think that whole thing went. 
So let's just get right into it. Uh, starting off with the first trade of the day, I guess. I mean, first action of the day, I guess, is a better, a better, uh, a better word for it. So the the Nuggets are bringing back the one, the only Javale McGee. Yes, Mister Shaqton the Fool himself. When he was king of Shaqton the Fool, is now officially back on the uh, the Denver Nuggets. They're bringing him back. Um, good move on the the Nuggets part. It's not the only uh, the only move that they made, but it's a good. It was a good uh, a good move for them. Uh, they, they needed. I mean, I'm not gonna say that they needed uh, Javale McGee, but it definitely helps them uh, come playoff time. I think that they, um, you know. Big men are hard to come by, as we know. If you're a Celtics fan, they're not the easiest to come by. And Javale McGee is a great big man to bring off the bench. He's one of the he's one of the best actually in the NBA. If you you think if you look at all the big men uh, that come off the bench and are impactful in the game, he's actually one of the better ones. So it was a good get by the Nuggets. Um, <clears throat> more on the Nuggets later. Obviously, there's a bigger bigger trade that happened a few like a few. I'll give it like an hour after the first Nuggets move. But then it was the Bulls who picked up Nikola Vucevic, which, um, first of all, I mean, like, what a steal. Vucevic was probably the most sought-after guy, I'd say. Maybe Aaron Gordon. But I think Vucevic was probably the most sought-after and the best player that was on the trading block this um this year, it, it really just seems to me like the, the Magic are just thrown in the towel. They're, like, pretty much done. They're, like, starting over from scratch. They're, like, it didn't work out with whatever they were trying to do for the past, like, I don't know, 10 years. Whatever they've been trying to do hasn't been working. So they were, like, yeah, throw in the towel. We're going we're gonna to start over here. They got rid of, like, everyone, which is, I mean, everyone. They got rid of, like, their two best players. But that that's pretty much where the, the Orlando Magic are at. So, Vucevic going to the Bulls, a little bit disappointing. Um, the Bulls actually aren't bad, though. You know what I mean? now. So, now the Bulls are rocking with uh, two All-Stars uh, in Zach Levine and Vucevic. And the East is just so freaking close that they can make a run for it. They can make a push for it, realistically, with 25 games left. They are realistically only two games back behind the Celtics. Uh, they are nineteen and twenty. Uh, I, hold on, they're nineteen and twenty-four. The Pacers are twenty and twenty-three, and the Celtics are twenty-one and twenty-three. So they're, I mean, realistically, they they actually have a shot uh, to make a push to grab the eight seed. This is how close the East is, though. The Celtics are twenty-one. They're in the eighth spot. Twenty-one wins. The Heat are 7th with 22 wins. The, the Hawks are 6th with 22 wins. The Knicks are 5th with 23 wins. The Hornets are 4th with 22 wins. How does that make sense? Well, the Hornets haven't played as many games. Um, but it's really, like, outside of the top 3, 4 through 8 is, like, up in the air. Like, there's really... It's up for, any, it's up for grabs for everybody. So, the Bulls are... They're serious contenders now. Like you, they went out, they got another All Star, uh, they got the best talent they could get on the trading block before the trade deadline, and they're gonna make a push for, I I'd say, a seventh or eighth seed. 
Um, the 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 Bulls were probably the biggest winners of the day in the uh, the trade market here. They pro- they really won out big. Um, so Vucevic going to the Bulls led to the Celtics landing Evan Fournier. For I gotta learn how to say this guy's name. Fournier, Evan Fournier. Yeah. Um, which. I'll save it till later. We're going to talk about the Celtics later, so I'm not going to dive into that one. But that's what happened next. And then the Magic dealt their last big piece, which was Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. Also, another great get. I mean, Aaron Gordon was probably the second best or second most sought-after person uh, in the trade market. All It was pretty much everyone, the top players on the Magic, were the, the, the most sought-after guys, um, which was... I, I won't actually say that. I take that back because I'm looking at the rest of the list here. Um, maybe not the most sought after, but the most talent. Um, the only, see, the only problem with, with Aaron Gordon is he's only, uh, I think he was only like a one-year deal, I want to say. So that was a little, but the Nuggets were trying to move Gary Harris, and they had been for years now, so I think it was a good move on the Nuggets part. The Nuggets probably won that, uh, that trade for sure. Um, which was intended because obviously the Magic are trying to get rid of everything and tank it and reload, um, which is honestly kind of hard to do in the, the Easter Conference because it's so like every team is like just about around five hundred besides the top three, so it's honestly kind of hard to tank in that or that uh that conference. But that is what happened next. The Nuggets acquired uh Aaron Gordon, a very big pickup for them, and then uh. Moving on, the Celtics, or the Celtics, the Sixers reportedly picked up veteran guard George Hill, which is also a big pickup for them. George Hill is one of those, which I'm going to talk about next. This this guy, he's kind of like the like the Rondo. You know, in the playoffs, he's a different player. Regular season, you're not going to get much out of him, but in the playoffs, George Hill is a very good player. Um, so that was a big get by the Sixers. I still don't think it's enough to put them over the hump to beat the the Nets. So it was a little. A little, it was an interesting pickup. Uh, I don't think it helps them immensely in the sense that they got to beat the Nets, but I don't know. We'll see. Like, I'm going to take the Nets uh, still over the Sixers. Uh, then we got the Blazers acquiring Powell from the Raptors in the Blazers giving up Gary Trent Jr. Uh, that was probably the most even trade, I'd say. And I'm looking at this list. That was probably the most even trade uh, that happened so far. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., great player, great defensive player, streaky shooter. When he's hot, he's hot, but when he's cold, he's cold. Um, Powell, he's been a consistent player, so I'd say it was an even, like, even trade. You know, Powell's not giving you crazy numbers, but uh, neither is Trent. But, you know, it was an even trade. It was just a, a swapping, I'd say. This brings me to Rondo headed to the Clippers. Um, this is a big move by the Clippers because, like I just said with George Hill, Rondo is a different beast in the playoffs. He proved that last year in the bubble. Uh, he proved it, it. Playoff Rondo is an actual thing. It's it's Go look at the stats. When that dude is in the playoff, he balls. So it's a real thing, you know. Uh, and I think that this is a big get by the Clippers because – He's he's a veteran. He's a he's a very smart veteran who knows how to win. Um, and I think that that is exactly what the Clippers are missing. 
They're missing winners. They they got the talent, but they're just they're really missing winners. Outside of the Kawhi, they don't really have much. So I think that this is a really big get for the Clippers, um, and I think it helps them a lot, uh, in, especially in that Western Conference, which is really up in the air right now with all the injuries going on with the Lakers, everything. Um, I think it was a big get for the Clippers, and it's going to help them a lot in the playoffs. It's going to help them make a deep run. The biggest trade of the day, though, second, I don't know. I, I don't know where to rank this one, actually. It might be first. I said the Vucevic one earlier might have been the biggest one, but this one might have been the biggest. Oladipo to the Heat. That was a big trade. The Heat are real now. Like They, they are, like, they're really back they're like they were i get that they were in the finals last year but that that whole playoff series and, and just playoffs in general has an asterisk next to it but the heat are back like a, there's a big three forming in miami now uh no not forming it's already there and they're they're gonna be serious uh they're gonna be serious competitors they got bam they got jimmy they got oladipo they got our boy duncan shout out middlesex magic shout out coach karate uh, they got a serious team over there. They got the dragon. Like they have a serious team over there. Um, don't sleep on the heat in this in this Eastern Conference. I know that the Eastern Conference, like I said, is a little it's tough right now. The the Heat are twenty two and twenty three, sitting at the seventh spot. The Heat got better yesterday. They got really good yesterday. Uh, so much so that like they're gonna be a, they're gonna be top. They'll probably they'll probably lock up the four seed. I'd have to say, um, the, yeah. I mean, the top four teams in the East are it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun playoffs. That's all I gotta say. It's gonna be a fun playoffs to watch. Um, some of the big one big thing that didn't happen that a lot of people thought was gonna happen today was the Raptors were gonna trade Kyle Lowry. They didn't end up trading Kyle Lowry, probably for the better. He's only got one year left on his contract. He's gonna be a free agent this summer. Probably a, a smart move on the Raptors. Um, tried to get something for him, I guess. They, but I guess they just couldn't get anything, you know. So it's like, all right, well, you're not just gonna give them up for pennies. So uh, I don't hate it, you know. I think Lowry is the Raptors, you know. What I mean, I I'd, I'd be shocked if he goes somewhere this offseason. Uh, if he does, it strictly be for the money, uh, or he wants to win. But I do see Lowry. Like, if I had to guess. And predict what's going to happen with Kyle Lowry. He's going to finish his career out uh, in Toronto. Um, so that's that. And then lastly, um, there's a couple buyouts that are reportedly happening. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, he, he actually did make a post on like Instagram or Twitter or something like that. That he's actually, he, uh, the Spurs are buying out uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, meaning he's going to be a free agent. And the front runners to sign him are, I forget, I want to say it's someone in the East. I'm drawing a blank. I want to say it's like the Heat, but um, I could be, I could be wrong. Uh, it just says, yeah, the Miami Heat are the front runner to land Aldridge. Makes sense. Like I just said, the Heat got a lot better today. They're they're an attraction. Uh, Miami, you get to go live in Florida and you play on a good team. He's clearly going to play there. Um Good, it'll be a good role model for Bam. I, 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 I'd suspect that he goes there. Um, there's plans for him to talk with several teams. I know the Celtics are on that list, but I doubt the Celtics uh, throw that much money at him. So, yeah. 
Uh, and then the other buyout that's reportedly been happening for the past, like, I don't even know how long now, like month and a half, is Andre Drummond. I don't know when that buyout is going to happen. Everyone just keeps saying it's going to happen, but it hasn't actually happened yet. But uh, he's probably going to go to the Lakers. Or the top team, if he did decide to go somewhere in the East, the top team would actually ironically be the Nets, which would just be a joke, and I might stop watching NBA if that happens. Uh, because it just seems like the Nets are... Tr- just trying to like get everybody they can so um oh I, I missed this actually i missed this this one move so it was uh it was jj reddick and he was traded to the mavs and they during this trade they announced that lonzo ball who was reportedly on the trading block or they were trying to move him or there was speculation about that he was actually not uh he would not be moved so but it was jj reddick who was moved from the pelicans to the mavs Personally, huge fan of JJ Redick, not just because he's a three-point shooter and that's what I was, but because he's a really good three-point shooter, and that's what I like to think of myself as. So, or was, I guess. No, I still can't. I can. I'm still a shooter. Um, but I love this move because Luca now is going to throw some crazy assists to JJ Reddick. That's just, I mean, I, and I've been over this before. Outside of the Celtics, Luca, I love Luca. I love watching him play. Uh, he's, I think he's so fun to watch. So, um, kind of like the way I root for Brady when the Patriots are done, if the Celtics are out, like Luca is my guy. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. But those are all the uh, the moves that happened today. So we started with. I'm going to recap them real quick here and fire them off. We got Nuggets bring back JaVale McGee. Bulls pick up uh, Vlucevic. The Celtics land Fournier. The Nuggets agree to a deal with uh, Aaron Gordon. The Sixers pick up George Hill. Blazers acquire Raptors pal for Gary Trent Jr. Um, Rondo to the Clippers. Oladipo to the Heat. Redick to the Mavs. Kyle Lowry not being traded in the Spurs agree with LaMarcus Aldridge on a buyout, making him a free agent. A lot of moves, a lot of things, a lot of shaking up in the NBA. Um, And now let's talk about the Celtics. Oh, Danny. Danny Ainge, that's what I mean. Uh, Oh, Danny Ainge. What what an uneventful day it was to be a Celtics fan. Um, He made moves. But, like, for what, I'm not sure. Um, the first move he made, I, I don't even hate it because I don't even hate Evan Fournier. I think he's actually a great player. Um, he ended up giving up Jeff Teague, who uh, is now – he's not even going to have to report to Orlando. Like, the they're, he's being waived, I guess. So, essentially, they're just trading – for a better bench, a better guy come off the bench. Um, but Fournier is actually, he's averaging a career high 19 uh, points. He's shooting at like 40% from three, which is actually very impressive. It's something the Celtics desperately need, a, a consistent shooter. So I actually don't hate this trade. Uh, I think Fournier is a good, uh, a good player. I think a lot of people are going to be upset with this trade because it was like the last few days, or the last few days leading up to the uh the trade actually going down it was all eyes were on Aaron Gordon you know what i mean Every, everyone 
if you were Celtics and you followed the Celtics around the NBA, it was reported that Aaron Gordon like wanted to go to the Celtics. He they were on the top of his list, like that's where he wanted to be, uh, and it didn't work out. So I think that that's the most disappointing part is that like this clearly started with talks about Aaron Gordon and then like somehow shifted into Evan Fournier coming over, um, and I think it would have been nicer to get both. Uh, but either way, you know, like I, I wasn't huge on Aaron Gordon. Uh, I was more in on Vucevic. Like I think Vucevic would have been a more complete player for the Celtics and helped them out more than, uh, Aaron Gordon did. I think the, the problem was with Vucevic is he's a little bit older. Um, the core of the Celtics is like 23 to 25 year olds. Vucevic is a little bit older. Um, but I think that that's what the Celtics lack is like that veteran leadership, you know, like ever since Al Horford left, the next veteran is Marcus Smart. You know what I mean? Like, I guess you could say Kemba's a vet, but like he, he doesn't have like that winning experience, that leadership, you know? Um, and I think that Vucevic like, out of everyone on the trading block was probably is like or not was is that guy like the closest you can get to that when you lost that in Al Horford um so I was more on the side of acquiring Vucevic than I was Gordon but I think you know the media has fed us the past few days here uh that Aaron Gordon was essentially gonna be a Celtic and now he's a part of the Denver Nuggets and the Celtics got Evan Fournier who is in comparison to what you've been being told all week is I guess a disappointment to most people. But I actually look at this signing as like a a something that they desperately needed because essentially they're picking up what they lost with uh Gordon Hayward. They lost a twenty point like a twenty a game score that came off the bench, uh in, in Gordon Hayward. And that's that is what Evan Fournier is. Um the thing that's a little, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that M. Fournier is Gordon Hayward and by no stretch is he at all, but I, I'm saying that when Gordon Hayward was on the Celtics in his last year, that was like the numbers that M. Fournier is putting up, that's what uh, Gordon Hayward put up. Now, you're also getting rid of Jeff Teague, who, of course, like in the past week, uh, starts playing his ass off and is like getting like 28 points a game and like 15 and then like, like, of course, that's just like how it plays out. Um, but I don't know, you know, it's it's I'm not like so upset with it. I, I but I do feel like the Celtics they didn't really get that much better. You know, what I mean, there's just so many problems with the Celtics that it's it doesn't really like one move wasn't going to fix it. You know, what I mean, they needed to make multiple moves uh and it just it didn't happen. Um or I'm not going to say that they didn't make multiple moves. They made multiple moves, uh, multiple moves, which will break down the second one in a second here. But these moves, they didn't really help the Celtics. They kind of bailed the Celtics out almost, if you want to say that. I mean, um, essentially, you're getting Evan Fournier for as a rental for the next year before he becomes a free agent. Now, I know with the whole Bird situation and everything going on with that, like the, the Celtics can sign Evan Fournier back. Um, even if his demands or like whatever, what he wants money, uh, exceeds the salary cap, they're allowed to sign him back, uh, which I guess is good, but 
they're also allowed to let him walk at the end of this year. So it's 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 interesting, you know. Um, I think he was he's more of a rental right now, and then we'll see how he plays. But that that also plays into the Celtics part is that it's good for the Celtics because you're it's essentially like what the Patriots do with a prove it deal. Evan Fournier is coming here on a prove it deal where it's like, can you prove that this offseason you want to get like you deserve to get paid? Uh, you've been in the year now. You've been in the league now for what seven, eight years. Um, this is your prove it deal. Like when you enter free agency, are you gonna be demanding a lot of money, or are you gonna be getting paid what you've been getting paid your entire career? So I do like that aspect. He's gonna come in. He's he's gonna be essentially playing for his future, which is good because that means he's gonna be playing hard. And he's gonna be trying to win. He's gonna try uh try to be playing well. So that is a little bright side, I guess, to it. Um, but the other move that the Celtics made today was they got, or they didn't. I'm more upset with the second move that was made because I just don't understand it. Like, I guess, I guess when you read more into it, it's literally all about the sal- or the luxury tax. So the Celtics pretty much they got in a three-team uh, deal with the Wizards and the Bulls. And the Wizards got, uh, I don't even know. The Wizards didn't get anybody from the Celtics. But the Celtics got, uh, I don't even know the guy's name, Cornette and Mo Wagner. Uh, And the Bulls got Daniel Tice Green from the Celtics, Javante Green, and T. Brown Jr. I don't know who that is. But essentially, this deal was done because the Celtics needed to get under the luxury cap and their eight. They're able to do that now with the one-year deals from these guys. Like, Mo Wagner will be uh, a free agent this summer as well as Cornette. So, this is Danny. I just feel like we're always in these situations, you know? I feel like that, that's that's where I'm at with it. It's like we're always – there's always something else at play. Like, we can never go after a giant fish because there's always something holding us back. And this year, it seems to be the luxury decks, and that's what the Celtics are trying to get under. Uh, clearly, that you got a rental, and then you got two other guys who, like, you probably downgraded from. Like, I, I wouldn't say Mo Wagner's better than Tice. Um, I'd say Tice is probably better, and I've never even heard about Cornette, uh, so I'm not even going to make it a judgment on, on him, but I don't know. It just seems like the Celtics they got they didn't really get better. Uh, they kind it kind of seems like if anything they're gonna get a jolt of energy off the bench and that's like it. So, but they're not making like this isn't fourth in the East, top three in the East uh, changes that were made today. Which honestly I wasn't even expecting. Um, I Danny Ainge hasn't made an in season trade in like seven years, so I was honestly expecting no trade. Um, Am I happy? How do I feel about it? I don't know. Like optimistic. I don't even. I think that's too strong of a word to use. Optimistic, because I honestly can't say I'm like optimistic. I I bet that the Celtics make the playoffs. I bet they get like a f- sixth or fifth seed, maybe, uh, and they get bounced like in round two. They, at the end of the day, the the roster and the personnel on this team is just not a. a playoff team they're not even a playoff team they're barely a regular season team and they're not like a playoff team um so i think next off season you know you're, you're surrounding yourselves with 
with one-year guys. You know, like you're trying. And I know Daniel Tice was a free agent this offseason, but they tried to get something more uh, in replacement uh, for Daniel Tice, who was on a one-year deal. And, I mean, they didn't really get anything. But they got two They got two deals with t- essentially two more roster spots for next uh, next offseason, which is good. Um, and maybe even a third if Evan Fournier decides to go somewhere else. So that's pretty much what, like, Danny was going for is to open up roster spots for this offseason because I think he's come to the realization that this team is not – they're not going to beat Brooklyn. They're not, they're not going to make it out of the East. And even if they did, they would get whomped in the playoffs. Or, I mean, in the finals. So it's like, why try and force something this year if it's just not going to happen? This team clearly is not built to win in the playoffs. And I think at the end of the day, you have to take that into consideration because that those are the facts. You know what I mean? This is the same team that made a run in the playoffs last year, but a few changes and they look awful. Um, and another bright spot I think that's going to come out of this Tice trade is that uh, Robert Williams is probably going to see a significant amount of uh, minutes increase, which is good because he's made leaps and bounds over the past like month here where he is becoming a very consistent big man. He's become a ve- becoming a very diligent and effective big man. Um, and I'm excited for that aspect because – I've been pushing hard for Robert Williams to get more playing time over everybody, and I think getting rid of another big and bringing in uh, someone who clearly probably won't be as good as Robert Williams, uh, but is a high energy guy. You know, that's what Wagner is, or Wagner. I think that's how I pronounce his name. Pronounce his name is Mo Wagner. Um, that's what he is. But I think at the end of the day, Robert Williams is gonna be. Uh, he's gonna thrive from this move, which is only gonna help the Celtics. So that's a po- that's another positive, I guess. Um, I think the Celtics got a little bit better. You know, they solved a little bit of the problems. Uh, but at the end of the day, they they didn't make the moves, and I don't really think there was like moves like that to be made for the Celtics case. You know, um, I don't think outside like I think outside of Vucevic. There was no moves that you probably could have made that like made this team like a championship contending team. If you look at all the moves that were made today, like throw the Celtics in any of those besides the Vucevic one. And even if you get Vucevic, I do, still don't even think that that like warrants you like a championship level contender. You know what I mean? You're eighth in the East. So I think, you know, there's a lot of hate going around and all that uh, on Danny Ainge and everything going on with Brad Stevens, you know, and as well there should be because they're just, they're clearly not as good as they should be. But you do got to look at the situation here and understand that the players that were dealt today, there's nothing, like, there was no team that was, like, other than maybe the Heat uh, because they got Oladipo, but... Oladipo doesn't help the Celtics' problems. You know, like, there's there was no players being dealt that really answered all of the Celtics' issues because they have so many across the team that no, like, one or two players were going to, like, make the difference that were dealt today. Uh, Vucevic maybe was one that would have helped a big way and taken a big step, but that doesn't guarantee this, 
that the Celtics are going to make it there. So when you take that in, into consideration, I guess I'm not as upset uh, with the moves because I think Fournier is going to be uh, he's going to be a big help coming off the bench. Um, I know that that's where the Celtics have really struggled. Um, that's just so. I mean, that's really all I got. I mean, there's there's not like a lot of positives to take away. There's not like a lot of negatives. Uh, but it's just classic Danny Ainge, like kind of pushing for the future, you know. And it's just like we need like at some point you can't just keep pushing for the future. At some point you gotta like okay, we got our core guys. Let's start building a team around them. It can't be like, all right, well, let's wait till next year, you know, because that, that's what it seems like. It seems like every year we're always like, ah, you know, like we're kind of there, but like we're not this. So this offseason, like we're going to fix it. It That's it, it can't be that, you know, it needs to start being all right. Like we have a window here of like two to three years where it's like we need to build around this core because it's clear that you're sticking with Kemba, you're sticking with Brown, you're sticking with Tatum, and you're sticking with Smart. Like, that's your core guys. So you need to build around those guys. Uh, and it just seems like that's been Danny Ainge's biggest struggle is that he's always pushing for the future. Where it's like you have the talent, you have the core talent right now to make a, a run to the championship, a run to the finals, Instead, we're leveraging the future over like right now when you had the stuff, and I think that that's the aspect where people are getting annoyed with Ainge, is you know what I mean like we've had like we've done the whole millions of draft picks things and they haven't turned into much, um, so I see it from both sides. I guess that's 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 where I'm at. You know, like I understand there was no one really before the deadline that could be dealt. Uh, that really helps the Celtics' problems. Um, there's still the option of getting LaMarcus Aldridge. You're probably not going to get DeAndre Drummond. Uh, you're probably not going to get either of those guys. But there's still that option, I guess. So I'm not going to leave that completely uh, or throw that completely away. I'll leave it on the table for right now. But I doubt that it actually happens. So yeah, you know, it was it was like a it was like a mediocre, beneficial day, I guess. Like they got a little bit better, but they didn't like. They're not. They're still not coming out of the East, so that, I'll leave it at that. You know, we'll see how it all plays out, how it all shakes out uh, over the next week here, over this weekend. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about the Celtics for a while because obviously they still got 25 games left to talk about. So yeah, um, I, I and before we move on to the Patriots real quick, I want to talk a little. I just want to throw my picks out there for uh, this weekend March Madness because. Craziness, and I'm essentially starting fresh here because my bracket's already busted. So this this is just for shits and giggles for the podcast. Uh, keep track of how I do. Um, if I go perfect, I'll do something crazy. I don't know. I'll give I'll give away some merch. Um, if I if I don't get a single one right, I'll also give away some merch to the first person who DMs me um, and tells me how bad my picks were. And if I do like mediocre, uh, I do mediocre. Um, there's like no reward for mediocre. It's either I did awful and you guys get something, or I did great and you guys get something. There's no in between. So you're either rooting for me or you're rooting against me. All right, let's do it. We got Sweet 16 action on Saturday. We are starting at 2:40. I got a tea time at 12. 
probably going to miss the first half of that game. Uh, might got to push the tee time up. All right. Let's see. Sweet 16, we got Loyola Chicago versus Oregon State. Whew. Damn, that's a tough one. I do love the fact, though, that either way, there's a there's an 8th seed or a 12th seed moving on to the Elite Eight. That is awesome. Um, I don't know. Oregon State's been playing really good. But, I mean, they got Super Trooper on. They got Super Trooper on Loyola Chicago, and they got the 102-year-old lady, whatever, how old she is. Uh, so I'm gonna go Loyola Chicago. They got more. They got more to root for that way. Um, and if they lose, the heartbreak is is like it'd be a better heartbreak story. So I'll go Loyola Chicago. Baylor versus Villanova. This one's interesting. <clears throat> uh, Cole Swatter, if you're listening, shout out to you. Uh, fifth grade teammate right there. Let's see. Um, it's hard because I know Villanova is like. I played the Villanova system at Quinnipiac for Baker Dunleavy, Villanova disciple. So I know the Villanova system, and I know that like Villanova did did it a hundred times better than we did at Quinnipiac, and you can just never count out uh, that system. And there's a chance Baylor has a bad game, but Baylor is fucking dominant. Uh, I yeah, you gotta go Baylor. I'm gonna go Baylor uh, for the sake of my bracket because I have Baylor going to the championship. That's like one of the only things I got going for me. I'll go Baylor. Sorry, Cole. Um. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Baylor. Uh, sorry, Cole. Uh, Arkansas Oral Roberts. I mean, you gotta go the Cinderella story. Um, I'll go Oral Roberts. I don't know. Maybe they keep the magic. See, this is another thing though. I think there's gonna be a lot less upsets. You know, it's like you're not riding that high high anymore. You've had a few days now. Things have settled. I think the upsets are kind of gone. Uh, but you never know. Um, Arkansas. I'm trying to remember how they played. How did they play? I don't remember how they played Arkansas. I can't remember. That was on Saturday. Or no, it was on Sunday. Yeah, I can't remember how they played. We talked about it too. I, I just completely drawn a blank here like a week later. Uh, yeah. No, I'll go Arkansas. I'll go Arkansas there. Uh, Houston versus Syracuse. Dude, I don't know. Buddy Beheim is an absolute sniper. And the 2-3 zone is messing up teams. Like, teams don't know what to do against that. I, I'm i a UConn guy through and through. But, like, I, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed watching. I've enjoyed watching Syracuse play this tournament. I think it's been awesome. Uh, I'm going to go Syracuse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick... Go. It's Houston struggled last game, didn't they? I'm pretty sure they like struggled. So I'm gonna go Syracuse. Uh, then we got Sweet 16 Sunday matchups. We got Gonzaga versus Creighton. It's hard to get like bet against. I mean, uh, yeah, Gonzaga. It's hard to bet against them. They are just like through and through. Their starting five is like probably all gonna get drafted at some point. Um, they're just a very good team, and they got like a kid off the bench who comes in and is like also nasty. Probably gonna get drafted. I'm gonna go Gonzaga. They're just they're too good. Uh they really are. They they look like they're gonna walk away with this. We talked about this last episode, but they really do look like they're gonna walk away with this this win. Um but you never know. It that's that's the beauty of March Madness is like they Gonzaga could have like one off game 
and they're done. That's the beauty of uh, college basketball. So, but I'm I'm not a betting man because of how last weekend went. But um, if I was, I'm gonna put it on Gonzaga. Now you do that what you will. Uh, that statement kind of contradicts itself. Think about it. Um, then we're gonna go Michigan versus Florida State, not Florida. Uh, I hate being like like not taking an upset, but like Michigan's also pretty good, so I'll go Michigan. Um, Alabama versus UCLA. Ooh. I don't know. UCLA is fun to watch. So is it Alabama? I don't, my whole thing with Alabama is they just like score in spurts. Like they haven't like consistently scored. Ah, I'm being real basic here. Fuck it, UCLA. Sorry, I'm not rolling tide right now. I usually roll t- it. I roll tide in football season, not in basketball season. Uh, let's go UCLA. I'm going for the upset. <laughs> Sorry, my voice is like I'm losing any sip of water here. Uh, and last game, nine forty-five on Sunday. Jesus. Uh, USC versus Oregon. This is, is this the closest seeded game we have in the Sweet 16? I think it is. Let's see. Loyola, Oregon is 8 and 12. Baylor, Villanova, 1 and 5. Arkansas, Oral Roberts, definitely not, 3 and 15. Houston, Syracuse, 2 and 11. Gonzaga, Creighton, 1 and 5. Michigan, Florida State, 1 and 4. Alabama, UCLA, 2. Yeah, this is the closest seeded game we have. Uh, Oregon beat Iowa, so I'm going Oregon. Oh, no, shout out my boy Nick Hamilton. I'm going USC. Uh, yeah, shout out my boy Nick Hamilton. I should say Cam's boy. Uh, Cam, my old roommate. His is literally like his brother. His, I mean, not actually his brother, but like his his friend. That could be his brother. Um, his boy. Works for USC. I wonder if you guys can, can hear that. I'm moving back. Um, Alright, that, those are my picks Like I said, if I go perfect I'll donate some gear To someone In the tournament, I guess A non-winner In our Great Vine Media tournament And if I lose, whoever I guess roasts me the best With a DM um, You'll also get something You'll, you'll get the same. I don't know. We'll see. If I don't get a single one right, uh, which I doubt it. I mean, come on. It's me. Uh, all right. Moving on here. Patriots. Before we get into the Patriots, this episode is also brought to you by J11. Make sure you guys head over to J11.com. Get your merch. Um, Pats, Pats are back. We've seen how Pats West is going. We're going to talk about it right now. But, I mean... You've seen it. The chemistry is there. Go and get your merch, people. Um, use code TMD20 at checkout and get your merch. Don't be that loser who's sitting at Gillette in the middle of November with just that basic-ass Patriot shirt. You don't want to be that loser. You want the funny You want the funny J11. You want that. That's what you want. You want people to walk by and look at your shirt and be like, yeah, that's fucking sick. 
You don't want to be like, oh, it's just the guy got out the pro shop. No, no, no. You went to J11. So head over to J11. Better yet, hit him up on Instagram. You can buy all your stuff through Instagram. Code TMD20 at checkout. All right, let's get into it. So Patriots are essentially bringing, getting the band back together. I mean, they signed Sweet Feet. James White, he's in. Touchdown. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's coming back for another year. Got him on a one-year deal. Um, honestly, I love I love that. James White has probably been... Yeah, he's probably been my favorite running back. Just because, obviously, I'm, I've stated this multiple times. I didn't really start like really investing heavy into the Patriots until uh, the Seattle like playoff run that they had that's when i really like that was the year i really started investing and then once they won i was like oh sh- like damn this is awesome ruining like watching football is awesome uh and then ever since that and th- james boy has primarily been the guy since then so love that we have james white back um i think he's probably i think he's still one of the best receiving backs in uh football so Love that he's coming back. Um, hopefully Cam can utilize him a bit more this year. Uh, if Cam is the designated starter, I want to talk about this. Pat's West, organized by the one, the only, Jarrett Steinem. No, it's Stedham, but his one of his teammates called him Steinem, which is awesome. Uh, organized Patriots West, and so far, majority of the guys uh, have been there. I think the only guy who hasn't been there is Edelman because his knees all still messed up. Shout out J11, but um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been so far like the videos that have been, have been coming out of it look good. Um, how much like doesn't look good? I mean, these guys are professionals and they're not really like playing against anybody, but they're getting the routes down, which is good. Um, so that's that's a positive to take away. But no, Hunter Henry's been there. Um, I don't think Johnny Smith's been there yet. But Kendrick Bourne has been there. Uh, I don't know if Aguilar's been there either. Asi Asi's been there. And two other guys. I'm drawing blanks on their name. Two other guys have been there. Uh, Jacoby Myers and the last guy I'm drawing a blank on. Um, all been there, which has been great. Uh, oh, and whoever, Izzo has been, is there. Is it, is it Izzo? I think it's Izzo. Yeah, uh, is there. So... Yeah, that's um that's all been going down. Uh, Pat's West is looking pretty, looking it's looking good though. You know they do some stuff after they're done working out. Like I think the first day they had like a feast or something, and then the second day they went paintballing. Kind of sick. Uh, and so the first day Cam wasn't there, and then Cam came the second day. Participated for like fifteen minutes, I guess, or was like throwing for like fifteen minutes. It was majority like Stidham that was throwing, but I think the third day. Cam was, if I had to guess, was more involved than he was the second day. Um, but I, you know, it's still early. Um, I think as, I think as time goes on here with the Pats, I'm becoming more uh, a believer in that the Patriots will probably trade up for a quarterback pick here. Uh, I think. I don't know. That's just my 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 gut feeling. That's what it's telling me. Uh, that's that's the way it's looking right now. But a lot can change. Who knows? Um, but if I had to put money on it, I bet you that's what they do. Uh, and I've been seeing all these like mock drafts on Twitter. Someone tweeted at me 
tweeted <clears throat> tweeted like a mock draft where just I forget what it was. The Patriots gave up like four first round picks to get up to like number seven with Detroit to get Justin Fields. Uh, I doubt Bill Belichick would ever do that. Highly doubt it. Um, doesn't seem like his type of thing. But I don't know. Bill Belichick's type of thing is and also like getting everyone and everybody uh, on the first day of free agency or better yet the first day of tampering period uh, which is something we're not used to so got that uh, who knows what's going to happen on draft night um, but just don't be surprised if the Patriots trade up because there's a high possibility that they're going to be looking for a mobile quarterback with a good arm aka uh, Justin Fields yeah that's really all I got in the Patriots, though. Um, not a long segment. Not a lot. Like, not a ton happened this week. Uh, shout out the Patriots' second lineman. or He's a second-string defensive player. I know that. Um, stopped a sexual assault. Got honored in a town. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, probably shouldn't be, but I'm drawing a blank on his name. So, got that going for him. Uh, Pat's good look on the Patriots. Patriots are just... The GOAT organization. What can we say? Um, but that's pretty... I think that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Um, been like around 50 minutes here. Been a good episode. Um, make sure to... What was I going to say? Oh, make sure to DM me your questions for this week uh, that you want to talk about. I, I have a feeling when I post the one on Sunday, like the, the tab to like ask me questions for Monday's show, it's going to be a majority of... NCAA stuff because that's going to be the most going on and the trade deadline has already happened before this episode so but and we already talked about everything within the NBA so I'm going to try and avoid those questions but any other questions make sure you guys DM me on all forms of social media uh, and you can even go comment on our blog post on Grapevine I know we've been slipping a little bit with those we're going to be back consistently with those the next coming week here we're working on a big, big, uh, big thing for this summer. Uh, that's that's all I'm gonna, that's all I'm gonna hint at. So just be on the lookout for it. Um, Grapevine Media, not not just specifically TMD. So big stuff coming up. All right, um, that's all I got though. Shout out J11. Shout out Perfect Jeans. Shout out Grapevine Media. And I will see you guys on Monday. Have a good weekend. Peace. Yeah.